Hello, welcome to the Richard Herring podcast feed powered by ACAST Plus. Thanks so much for listening to these. Do tell your friends if you enjoy them. The Can I Have My Ball Back Tour is back on the road this week. We're in London on the 7th in the Bloomsbury Theatre and Leicester Square Theatre on the 9th. I've got quite a lot of tickets to sell for both of those, so if you're in London, please come along. Then the 13th in Cambridge, few tickets left for that one. Uh, Leicester on the 14th, Leeds on the 15th. Uh, Salford on the 16th, Newcastle on the 17th, which is sold out on the website, but I think there might be a few more tickets to release. Uh, So do come along if you want to see me talk about my balls and one of them not being here anymore. It's a very funny show. Four star reviews in the Telegraph and the Standard. Um, Anyway, look, let's sit back, relax and enjoy another fantastic podcast from Richard Herring, the genius podcaster. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Phoenix. Please welcome a man who yesterday went to Harry Potter World and when he got home, he found that. 350 pounds have magically disappeared from his account. It's Richard Herring! I put it down, I'm going to take it on. Hello, my fine friends! Hello, we're back. We're back, it feels. Ah, oh, the Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix. It's this. We don't need the Leicester Square things. Fuck them. Fuck them. Um, It feels like a long time since we've done one of these, but, you know, for people at home, it's just a week. So, uh, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to Richard Herring's Loitering in Soiled Toilets podcast. So, so it's a new... I take celebrities, I take them into dirty toilets. We wait around. I don't haven't told the guys that's what's happening. Though I was talking to the fans of Twitch of Fun before the show. (laughs) Oh, dear. There is... There are... Then it's not a pleasant sight. Uh, they, they call it Rahalastapus. I don't know that's going to catch on. Um, lovely to be back at the Phoenix. Uh, I've also we're in a new notebook. I nearly bought another Harry Potter one, which because uh, it was ten years since I last. It was, te- it was basically ten years since I last went to Harry Potter World, uh, and I was an adult with no kids. And this time I went with kids. That's better. Uh, and um, and I bought the Slytherin notebook, and I was upset. It cost about fifteen quid. But then I, I sold it on eBay for over about 1,300 quid. So, you know, take that, J.K. Rowling. So it's, that's... Fortunately, I didn't get the money, but that's not the point. Uh, so the new notebook is uh, one that I've had for ages, which is cool, 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 from off of the popular sitcom community. <laughs> Remember that? Uh, it's, a good, it's too good to be a, a book, uh, but there we go. And uh, what am I going to talk to you about this week? Oh, I'm going to talk to you about my wife. My wife uh, like, loves... Um, my wife, Katie Wilkins, you may know her from uh, Drunk Women Solving Chrome. Do listen to their podcast. Uh, she loves Twining's breakfast tea. That's the only tea she'll drink. She's changed since I... When I met her, she would drink whatever you bloody gave her. Now she's got expensive tastes. And um, I, 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 it was my job to buy tea, apparently. I didn't know this. And uh, it had run out. And so I said, oh, I'll go to the... There's a little shop in town. I went in, into my village and they didn't have it. So then I was taking the... Uh, kids, their drama lessons. So I went. I went to M and S to see if they had it, but they had they had M and S brand. She liked English breakfast. That's she, it has to be the bre- English breakfast tea. Uh, and they had M and S English breakfast tea. I thought, can I risk that or will that? Will that she be out? I thought I better not because she's obsessed. When I married her, uh, one of the vows was that I would never let her run out of her favourite tea, and that <laughs> if I did, I had to go and buy her some more. Seemed oddly specific at the time, and. Uh, <laughs> But ten years later, I fell into the trap. Uh, so uh, she refused to have the, one, the, the vow about me, about obeying me in the vow. So, so I don't know why I agreed to it. Anyway, they didn't have an m so I walked up the road. It was really hot. It took me five minutes out of my day. <laughs> Went to Sainsbury's. They, de- they had Twining's tea. They had lo- loads of Twining's tea. And they had big 
tea bag boxes of English breakfast tea. So I bought two of those as a kind of sarcastic gesture. <laughs> 320 tea bags. Uh, but, uh, and then it, also I don't have to do it for another year. Um, I noticed there are quite a few options of regular tea, including one called everyday tea, which is a yellow instead of an orange box. And I wonder what the difference was between this. Basically just tea, right? Everyday tea and breakfast tea. Uh, and then I was thinking, had I got it right? Was it English breakfast you liked or was it everyday tea? I was pretty sure it was English breakfast, but... The confusion in my mind, I came up with a brilliant prank to play on my wife. I texted her, I said, I've got so much tea, I hope it's the right one. And then she texted back, Twining's English breakfast, can't be wrong, question mark. So I said, what about Twining's every day? And she replied, well, that's not English breakfast, falling into my trap. I was giggling like an idiot. Uh, uh, at how gullible she was and how very mildly annoyed she would be at this exact moment. <laughs> Hopefully it's nice, she said, trying to make the best of the bad news, but she couldn't cover up what a devastating blow this was. <laughs> Did you get English breakfast too, she asked. Her world had fallen apart. It would have been cruel to take it any further, so it was time to rip off the false beard covering my actual beard. <laughs> and I texted, lucky I got English breakfast then. You've been punked. Uh, and so I punked her. That's why I'd enjoy that. If the producers of Punk to read it are listening and would like to use that punk, get in touch. So to be fair, I've pretty much explained how it works now, so you can just steal the whole thing wholesale. And then if I complain, you can just say, you've been punked. Um, that's the problem with the punked, guys. Look out for the punked. The punkter had become the punked. Um, my wife must have felt like a proper Charlie, though I forgot the bit where you're supposed to film their reaction for comic effect. She tweeted me, wow, very funny. Uh, it's, uh, this is how we keep our marriage alive through mutual laughter that's mute them laughter twining you can use that one if you want kids at home <laughs> right we're going to crack straight on my uh, guests this week are probably best known one of them for their appearance in Chucky Waka you would mess this up in Chucky Waki Duda and the other, although he was in Chucky Wocky Doodah, is not best known for that. The other one is best known for all-star Mr. and Mrs. I was surprised to find out either of these guys were married, I have to say. And uh, <laughs> will you please welcome the incredible Dick and Dom, ladies and gentlemen. Hear that. Dick and Dom. Can you find... Hello. Oh, thanks. Hello. Oh, and what a terrible start. I've just thrown told... beer all over my chair. Oh, for God's oh, sake. Quick, Dom, lick it off. Oh, it's, in fact, she's got your pint now. That's the point. <laughs> That's expensive beer there. Stop the chair. Right, absolutely. Well, I... And you'll be absolute chaos. Well, it's, been like, it's like two, two Brian Blessed's. Eyes. <laughs> It's nice to be in the Phoenix again. We played here many years ago. Yeah. And they say you play the Phoenix twice in your career. Once on the way up and once on the way down. It's good to be back. Thank good you. Love to see you, fellas. Thanks for coming along. Oh, look. Um, here's Ben. Oh, look. Blue Thank you, Mr. Producer. Oh, wow. Oh. Save it for later. He's, he's rubbing Dick's seat. Um, and thank you for sitting in order so that I can remember which one's which. Yeah. That is very good. Anton Day. <laughs> Without the money. Yeah. You... Yeah, someone, someone said to us, well, you know, what, what's the big difference between you guys and Anton Deck? And so we said, about 40 million pounds. <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, guys. There's still guys. There's not. They, they, Anton Deck, when they were still PJ and Duncan, were on my double... We, we did a double act show called Fist of Fun with oh, Anna yeah. Stewart Lee. Yeah. We, we had them on when right. they were PJ and Duncan in boxes jumping out. We never get... <gasps> Never get, and then we went on their show, the PJ and Duncan sketch yeah. show. Were you on that? Were you yeah. on that? Yeah. When they shaved kids' heads? Uh, I think it was even before that. I think they did a Channel 4 sketch show that didn't go very well. You nearly, yeah. nearly destroyed their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then they came back, and I think they... I think they maybe, maybe it was the one with the shaved heads, but uh, yeah, they came, they came back. Well, we're not here to talk about Anton Deck or yeah. Trevor and Simon or... <laughs> Uh, well, you actually wanted Anton Day, but it was too expensive, so uh, you got us instead. We'll get them eventually. Do you remember, both of you are on Chocky Wocky Doodah, do you remember much yeah. about that experience? When you, when you just said that, yeah, it brought back memories. We actually delivered a cake uh, to David Cameron. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. 
in Downing Street. Yeah. Wow. And that gave him the idea for Brexit, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all our fault. <laughs> why did we do it? Why, why would we get set that challenge? Because someone paid us. You know that. <laughs> why were we giving a chocky wocky doodah cake to David Camp? I, I can't remember. Know. I don't know. Imagine if that had been poisoned. You could, it could have been like the Manchurian candidate. They, tr- they tricked you into... <laughs> Weirdly, yeah. back to the Anton Deck thing, when, oh, we, no. when we arrived at Downing Street with this massive chocolate cake made by chocky wocky doodah, Oh, okay. um, we, we delivered it and we, we thought we were just going to deliver it have a quick photo and leave suddenly we arrive at this big um, family Christmas party party at Downing Street yeah <laughs> controversial <laughs> not that one and uh, so we arrive and suddenly we have to stand there next to the cake whilst loads of cherubs start doing carol singing next to us being watched by David Cameron and Anton Deck <laughs> and then next Bonnie to... Langford popped out the cake <laughs> It was Honestly, very it was very odd. Very yeah. odd. Career highlight. Yeah, I'm glad I chose it. Uh, and uh, also, you, Dom, you were in All Star Mr. and Mrs. How did you get on on All Star Mr. and Mrs.? Do you remember? I, very badly. Did you? But he made it? lots yeah. of money, didn't you? Yes. I, it was, uh, it was quite, quite obscenely paid, well paid job. But anyway, but the, the, the reason why I went down very badly is one of the questions was I think Sandy, my wife, was in another room. She couldn't hear. There was music on. And they said to me, We're going to ask your wife in a moment uh, the question Who is Dom's? Best friend. At which point, she said, oh, uh, Don would say me. (laughs) (laughs) She's never spoken to him since. Yeah, it really wasn't a great moment. She just given birth to our first child as well. (laughs) So anyway, yes, thanks for bringing the back up. Yeah, he just shouted out dick. So... uh... (laughs) No, I mean, let's, not, let's not start that. We get so many, you know, when we're in uh, shows or something, people always put that in the dick jokes in the script. We're like, no, it's my name. Stop it. <laughs> Silly. Well, I, you were originally called yes. Richard and Dominic. Yes, we were. Yeah. So what, what, what brought about the change between... Well, how did you... you met just, Did you just meet in the broom... In the, I mean, that sounds weird. You met in the broom cupboard. <laughs> the you closet. both worked in the broom cupboard. Uh, yeah. Or Is in it? A, B, a, C, a CBBC. Yeah, we both uh, yeah. just moved from home at like 18 years old and we actually met in the Green Tea Bar at BBC Television Centre. You remember the Green Tea Bar? I do, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I've actually, when BBC was being dismantled, uh, I nicked the Green Tea Bar sign right. and I've ripped it off and it's now in my office because that's, that's where we actually first met, over at oh. Baguette. Uh, <laughs> but, but we were both working with a puppet aardvark called Otis the Aardvark. Anyone remember <laughs> Otis? Uh, oh, a lot of Otis fans. He's the next guest. And... Um, <laughs> And so we, we were working there, and then the, the producer of the broom cupboard, uh, well, the, the kind of head of the broom cupboard, who yeah. actually years ago used to be Gordon the Gopher as well. <laughs> Less love for Gordon. <laughs> um, he noticed that we were getting on really well, and I was moving into his house share because there was a room going, because my brother, who's here tonight, had just got married, and I was living with him. So he wanted to kick me out. So, so I moved out and lived with him, and we had a great time and really got on as mates. And then uh, we started working on air together, not as a proper double act, but you know when you see two presenters together? Yeah. We were just working really well together. And then something happened. Yeah, well, then one of, one of the props guys who used to look after the props at the BBC, he always used to walk down the corridor, and when we were walking towards him, he'd go, here they come, like fucking Dick and Dom. <laughs> that, was his, that was his nickname for us, and we went, that's it, mate. There's the moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> if only you'd kept the fucking in there as well. Now, we're fucking... We're fucking Dick and Dom. Got a problem with that? <laughs> Squares. Fucking Dick and Dom in the bungalow. <laughs> the legend of fucking Dick and Dom. <laughs> Diddy fucking Dick and Dom. <laughs> I think that it is, it is better. Richard and Dominic would have yes. been a little... And it sounds like it's a sort of Victorian... It doesn't fall off the tongue, it does it? But the strange part about that is, is when, when we were Richard and Dominic, we were really straight, nice, warm, <laughs> charming presenters. And now look what's happened. Did anyone used to see him uh, on the afternoons on with, Children's with BBC with the Aardvark? And he used to introduce programmes like Blue Peter and yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah. And he was, yeah. he was really lovely and nice. Yeah. But then, then the, the bungalow came about. Yeah. And it just kind of... We had this producer who was in charge of it all. And he was, he was brilliant. He was like the puppet master. And he... he kind of encouraged us to be a lot more ourselves on screen uh, rather than being professional presenters. And that was where it really worked for us. Yeah. And that's kind of made, that, that then made us different from all the other presenters. Yeah, because it's, I mean... There's uh, some rawness to it. But yeah. it is the rawness, but it's because it, watching... I don't, you, you were a little bit after me. I watched CBeebies for much too long, but not quite that long. <laughs> yeah. 
So you're a little bit. I did. I was aware of you, but I've watched a lot of your stuff uh, in the last couple of days, and it's you know it reminds me of Tiz was, yeah, which yeah, was the yeah. show that <laughs> yeah. I absolutely. That's the show that got me into comedy, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's that same sort of level of anarchy and sort of inappropriateness yeah. that's yeah. that still you can't censor because there's nothing actually. I was watching you being given birth to at the back of a cow. Yes, a cow, that's right. Today. Yes. yes. Which Slip, I slipping that's... up on his afterbirth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were kids sort of walking. There was red yeah. stuff on the ground and the kids yeah. were sort of walking around. On it. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt, this is inappropriate, but it's hard to put your finger on. It's like, on why? If I was yes. the censor, I yeah. couldn't go... There's a man coming out the back end of a cow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's very cheerful about it. It's fine. Yeah. There's a man pulling him out. Um, it's funny. We isn't still, it? you know, when we watch clips like that, we don't think it's ourselves doing it. So we still howl at stuff like that because you're like, how did we get away with this on BBC One? You know. But I think. Uh, the, the interesting thing about it is that, that back then, because we were riding the wave of success, it was just the momentum was perpetual and, and it was so wonderful that we stopped caring about any kind of consequence. Yeah. We didn't care if we got in trouble or got told off by anyone. And that, again, made it even more attractive to watch because you saw two people who just didn't give a shit yeah. uh, about, about you know, any kind of hierarchy, telling off any kind of rule book. We knew where the boundary was. We knew where the line was. We knew not to step over that line because if you do that, you get in a lot of problems and you can be off air like that yeah. so we knew, we knew not to do that but we just knew that we could push it as far as we wanted and when you watch Tiz Was uh, that was the same vibe you see Chris Tarrant he was just like he was in control wasn't he Yeah, and he just didn't care he didn't care and he sort of seemed not to the same he seemed not he wasn't trying to get in with the kids and that's the way you know he was quite rude to them and, yeah. and you you know you're, they're, they're coming in and pretending to throw up and they're coming through your door the kids yeah. and all that so it's exactly what you want from kids the, and, and yeah. you can just see from the, the kids who are in the show yeah. who are now all presumably about 25 yeah, years old. Some have yeah. got their own kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're all, you know, they're just loving it because you just, you know, you're behaving in this anarchic way that yeah. just that yeah. an adult shouldn't do. Well, yeah. that's it. There have been so many Saturday morning programmes which were all great, you know, going live, live and kicking, all that. And, uh, and we thought, right, let's try and do something different like Tiz was. Mm. So the producer of the bungalow, Steve Ride, he was a massive fan of Tiz was and he said, come on, let's, let's try and start something like that again. Now, a wonderful director, Simon Hepworth, who's a, a massive fan of this podcast, came up with the vision of a new uh, chaotic and anarchic Saturday morning show. That's the direction we went in. There was no bands selling anything. There was no, you know, nobody was trying to promote things. It was just about having a laugh. Yeah. I, I remember actually when I, when I was a kid, I hated, I loved Tiz Was and I would watch, when we moved to Somerset, it wasn't, Tiz Was wasn't on in Somerset. Ah. So I had to watch Swap Shop, which I was annoyed yeah, about. Yeah. But I actually, I remember, <laughs> just remember the other day, I wrote to Swap Shop saying, not all kids like pop music. Can you stop putting pop music in there? <laughs> I didn't like pop music. I just, want, I just wanted it all to be comedy. But you, you, you actually wrote that. Wrote put stamp, you put a stamp on the yeah. envelope and you sent it. That's I thought, amazing. That'll, that'll, that'll that's, work. That's well reminded me of some of the letters that we used to get complaints. Points of view, you know, we used to get letter after letter, week after week. And I think there was a letter about the cow one, actually. My enjoyment of BBC One this morning was marred by the, pres- by the cow giving birth to the presenter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got like a but you got into the, like the you were mentioning the House of Commons yeah, and like yeah the, we did we were the second uh, only children's programme to be um, uh, mentioned or to be raised in the House of Commons there was an MP called Peter Love who stood who had, he had caught his daughter um, playing one of the games on the CBBC website that was connected to the bungalow the, where... game, the game was called Make Dick Sick <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know yeah <laughs> so he was in the House of Commons standing up I don't think it's a very good uh, use of the license fee for my daughter to be playing games called Make Dink Sick. <laughs> I bet that's never been said in the House of Commons before. So, so what happens the next week on The Bungalow? We do a big parody of Question Time <laughs> with, with, with a, a piece of fluff instead of Peter Fluff, a Peter Laugh. So we've got a piece of fluff talking with his voice. And, uh, and it was great. And that was the joy of doing the live yeah. is that you could just roll with whatever was happening. And uh, yeah. I was listening to another podcast all about the Chris Evans Breakfast Show and, and, and it it was a very similar thing. It was yeah. they were just rolling with the success and just going with it. All, all those those successful TV shows like that, the TFI, uh, Big Breakfast. You know, they just captured. They had momentum and they just yeah. went with it. Even yeah. Noel's Housepot, you could say as well. So shows like mm-hmm. that, you know. <laughs> no, but it's that kind of same vein of stupidity. You know. Next no? question. All right, sorry. <laughs> he wasn't a fan. And let's t- well, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk about bogeys. Oh yes, got it. Stay it, leave it. <laughs> no, let's get out of the way. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, 10 out of 10. Uh, which, yes. again, I just watched about five in a row of today, and it's... It's very funny. It's uh, very funny, and I can see. And I don't think you've done... I mean, maybe you do it on tour now, but you haven't yeah. really done it for 15 years. No, let no. me and tell you, Richard, when you, you get it shouted to you five times a day... <laughs> we still, still find it funny! It's still, <laughs> really, it's still really funny. Well, you sort of deserve it, because what's funny about it is, again, it's your ch- two childish men. I think yeah. when it's really funny, uh, it's in a library where you definitely shouldn't be doing it. There's one in... Uh, we just mentioned it backstage, but uh, when you're in a lecture and the lecturer is going... If you've got something to say, can you say it? Yeah, yeah. And it's really wrecking Actually, a proper... One, even the students were a bit peed off, weren't they? Because <laughs> they wanted to... Whatever the lesson was, I can't remember what it was, but they wanted to, you know, learn that stuff. Yeah, of course. And then we both walk in. Okay. So there was lit no... You didn't go in and say, we're going to do this thing. It'll no. take ten minutes. You literally... No. <laughs> literally racked up, the... racked up and rolled. I mean, in the London Aquarium, wasn't it, where I uh, creeped up behind this guy. I think I was at quite a loud one at that point. And I was behind him, and he was looking at some, I don't know, fish. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> As you do in an aquarium. And I bogeys! And then he span round, and he got a newborn on his front. <laughs> who, who then started screaming. Screaming in my face. The guy screaming. Had me up against the wall, calling me the maker of horror films. And an absolute moron. So, yeah, well, there was a few uh, close I mean, I'm surprised you didn't get... Like punched though. Well, we was nearly did by one place? guy in the Lowry who, who, who yeah, who oh, yeah, he yeah. went absolutely mental yeah. and nearly killed us. And our, our wonderful um, uh, researcher Lucy had to kind of calm him down and just kind of yeah, castra- right. calm down, so it's okay. <laughs> Thank God for Lucy, otherwise he would have actually killed us. But it, so right. it, it did get choppy. But also in other countries, we played it uh, European bogies, and <laughs> where they they didn't know who we were, or what the hell was going on. <laughs> we did it in Paris, in France, and. Um, uh, we had worked out as a team that the word for bogeys was crop de nair. So we filmed it all, it went out on air. Crop de nair. Somebody actually called us two weeks after and said, crop de nair actually translates as no shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> And was, oh dear. was the inspiration of this a stage manager who'd, who'd played, yes. a, played a version yeah, of yeah. Well, it was, it yeah, he a was a stage manager. He then became the producer and the, the creator oh, really? of the bungalow, Steve, right. yeah. But he was a stage manager and he used to play it in the wings and they used to shout out bollocks instead of bogeys. Right. And <laughs> they realised that you had to make a new word up. But, and then, um, and then uh, we can remember it really clearly because it was doing well on the digital channel before it went to BBC One and he just said, I've got this idea, lads. Um, just, just, just go with it, see how it get, ends up. Just go to Madame T Swords and just take it in turns to say the word bogeys and get louder and just end up end up screaming it behind tourists. So we went, all right, <laughs> potted down, and that was it. All the tourists that didn't know who we were, what the word was, or why we were doing it. Just... But, but I think part of the success of of bogeys, obviously, it's a funny concept. It's very naughty and very rude. But the commentator. I think uh, turning it into a sport was the genius behind it. Yeah. You know, the, and that was actually Steve again, the producer. He, okay. he did the whole voiceover because he's a voiceover artist. And that, I think, made it. Yeah. I, no, I agree. It is, and it's, uh, but, you know, and I think it's just desserts that you still get that shouted at you. And, the, <laughs> and the, when you both die, yes. well, they, they'll just go, you know. I was just about to say the worst uh, email we got was actually from a, a funeral director saying, <laughs> <laughs> we actually play it during... Funerals. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Wrong. Yeah, but, but that will but be yes. your obituary, won't it? I it'll think be... I think it will trend number one on Twitter. It will. Yeah, and bogeys on Radio Two, Radio Four. They'll say Dom Wood. Yes. Best Why do I go best first? Known, best known. You're dying. You're going first. <laughs> best known for shouting bogeys. The yeah. man best known for shouting bogeys. Yeah. That's going to be your obituary. That'll be it. Are you happy with that, guys? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a life well lived? That's it. I've achieved so many other bloody things. We did Radio 1 for a year and a half. Does that count? Nope. (laughs) Good. Well, we'll we'll never live it down. (laughs) And is it, it, I know you're touring, so we'll talk Mm. about that. So is the tour show, is is it, is the bungalow show? Yeah. Exactly the same. We're not yeah. changing it at all. It's just going to be everything you know and love and remember on the telly, on the stage. Right. Because, you know, people are saying, well, it's for the millennials, I suppose. They're the people that are going to buy the tickets, the 20 to 35-year-olds. So are you going to, like, blew it up or anything? No, no, they don't yeah. want that. They just want to see what they remember. That's, that's why they're coming. Yeah. And that's what I like about this, because, I, I again, I said this to backstage, but a lot, of, a lot of people who have success as kids entertainers, they'll be 20 or 30 years down the line, and uh, Keith Harris is what the... Um, <laughs> example you mentioned would do a sort of blue show yeah, because yeah. his audience has grown up but you but you've retained you've retained your audience but also they're the next 
probably a couple of generations yeah, of that yeah. family will come along nice. and see. So there, was, there was a great, there was a great uh, example of, of what you're talking about. Where my first show that I did at the BBC was with a, a presenter called Peter Simon. Do you remember yes, Peter Simon? He did Run the Risk and he's now Double, on a Double Dare. Cha- shopping Channel. Yeah, he's on a Shopping Channel. It's yeah, still yeah. hilarious to watch. Mm, Absolutely yeah. brilliant. But he did a stand-up show which was very uh, risque, and he named it because his name was Peter Simon. He called it. Blue Peter, yeah. <laughs> and it was just so rude, and he got told off. Yeah, yeah. So no, we're not going to we're not going to do that. We're not going to turn up on stage and suddenly the neighbour's cat that was a puppet isn't going to come out the cat flap with a drug problem or anything yeah. like that. It's it's going to going to be as you all remember it. Yeah, which is great, which is terrific. And do you, are you going to have contestants? Another contestants going to be. Adults or children or, well, be, or whoever. It'll be a mixture because we're yeah. saying, you know, bring your families. It's not just for those millennials. It's actually, you know, bring your, bring your kids yeah. if you've got them. Uh, and they'll love it too, hopefully. Uh, so, yeah, there'll be a mixture on stage. Probably mainly millennials. And it'll be interesting because they've all had a few beers. So... Uh, <laughs> They'll be the ones going for it. But you've been doing, I mean, you've done quite a few, you've done tours before you did the Edinburgh Fringe, which yeah. you know, I know a few years ago in a massive venue. Yeah. 2018, yeah. that was scary. Went McEwen Hall's like thousand seater. And we were like, yeah. what? We've got to try and sell this. Uh, Dick V Dom, it was our comedy game show and uh, in, the, in the same vein as the bungalow. But yeah, it sold really well, sold out a lot of days, didn't it? And then yeah. we did a one off 11 o'clock at night show uh, in the Purple Cow. Yeah. And uh, everyone had, had a few drinks and we just did the same show and everyone just went nuts for it. So that kind of gave us the idea for the bungalow, you see. Yeah. And who came up with the bungalow? Because I know was it was it. Do you know who it was? I know that. Yeah, you were, yeah, yeah. We do. It was um, there were some bosses. I think it was Nigel Pickard, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Who was there? He created the CBBC Digital Channel and the CBBS Digital Channel. Um, a great guy, and we worked with him when he was over at CITV. And uh, he, he, he we, 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 were, we were doing the weekend shifts anyway, in between all the programs. So we yeah. would link all the programs together at the weekend. Hardly any viewers, but we were having a good time doing it. We were doing it with Steve. And then he said, why don't we turn these links into a show so it's not just more links? Let's give you a weekend show in the morning. So we said, okay, fair enough. And then they sat around the table and all got drunk and, and started thinking up names. As they do at the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, um, and they thought about, you know, Ali G was big at the time in, in the house. And I think they thought of Dick and Dom in the house, but no, so someone just got even more pissed. Dick and Dom in the bungalow! Yay! <laughs> and that was it. But there was no, there was, but when it had started, there was never any plan. Because we got interviewed the other day. Uh, Jonas said, you know, we, you know, what did you do to start off making something so successful? And we didn't have any massive plan to, to make it a big success. We just started. And just started with literally no viewers at all. And just it just kind of found itself. And the more we started enjoying it as people with the crew and the team, yeah. then the, the audience at home started enjoying it. And then it just kind of snowballed. Because it was on the digital yeah. yeah, channel yeah. first and then it kind of got... Well, yeah, there was an interesting story about that. Is that um, when it really gained momentum and people were st- in the industry were starting to talk about it, um, Nigel, the boss of CBBC, then went to become the head of ITV and said, look, SMTV is going to finish. Remember that? We... Um, we'd like to bring you guys over to ITV to now front the brand new ITV Saturday morning show to take over from that and so we we did three pilots with production companies we said to the BBC look we're going to go over to ITV uh, because they're offering us a really good deal and to do a show over there and they said ah well uh, we we can't what do you want to do we said we want to do the bungalow on BBC One or we're going they went no no we said by then, they went, okay, right, do the bungalow on BBC One. So it kind of, it wasn't fully supported to begin with, right. but then it was a good job it, it happened, yeah. really, for them. Yeah. And, us. <laughs> and us. And to an extent for you. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. 
The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Yeah. Um, let, me ask, let me ask some emergency questions. I want yes, to, please. I'm going to try some new ones oh, out, the, out, that I've, out of the program. That I've never asked anyone these. There was one of them made me laugh. Let me see if I can find it. Um, Oh, if, if Dick and Dom, if you could burn one building to the ground <laughs> without harming anyone or being prosecuted for arson, which edifice would you torch? Edifice? Edifice. <laughs> House. Yes, building. I, know, yeah. <laughs> I just like the word. Is there, a, is, there any, uh, is there any building mm. that you would like to see consumed by fire? <laughs> fire. <laughs> building <laughs> edifice <laughs> should we just read the question back <laughs> you think you've got it all yeah no, we've got it all uh, come on then one building that we could burn down uh, crikey um, your mum's house and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the in-laws hey <laughs> We'll come back to you on that. Okay, yeah. yeah. You might have an answer for this one. Um, I accidentally elbowed Denise Van Outen in the face on, on Channel 5 Celebrity Game Night. Yes, my career is going well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> what is the worst injury you have directly or indirectly caused to a celebrity or person of renown? The worst injury to the most famous person scores the most points. Have you ever, did you ever injure... Injure a guest during... I don't think it was an, an injury as such, but do you remember the, the, the kind of slop we had on the bungalow, the, the creamy muck muck, the custard? Yes. Um, that, that got flung around a lot. And uh, Jim Bowen was in one day, wasn't he? Yes. And he, he was in the... Ca- we had a cage in the corner in the basement. He was, he was in this cage. He had to be locked in the cage for the whole three hours of the show. And, uh, and, and what you, you do, you, well, you do the... Well, he just said, uh, listen, lads, listen, lads, I've got a brand new suit on. I'm going to a, uh, going to a wedding in a bit. Do us a favour. <laughs> Throw whatever shit you want around. Just don't get the suit, OK? Don't get the suit. <laughs> At which point, we do this. Get the suit. <laughs> so, got a big jar of milkshake, looked at him in the iron. <laughs> all over a suit, stood up, walked off the show. Yeah, uh, he, he, he was gone. Yeah. Um, but I think there was an injury that was happened. Injury? I don't think we did it. I, I, could, I only just remembered this that? incident. And there were kids having a custard pie fight, which is lovely and white, right? And one kid smacked another kid in the face really hard. So we didn't do it. It could have been us, but I don't think it was. And then suddenly, against this white, this thin trickle of red just started. Uh. <laughs> Oh, he's down. Put, put the plate back. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't think we did that. Yes, it was definitely another child. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, well, look, and I want to talk about The Legend of Dick and Don, which had an amazing cast. In, mm. You had a lot of big yeah. names in that show. One yeah, of your good friends, yes. Mr. Blessed, was on one of the uh, shows. He played our father. Yeah. Now, that was an interesting filming day, let me tell you. Oh, my God. <laughs> a scene that should have taken one hour took six hours before lunch. So he arrived. There was great excitement when we found out that, that, that we were basically playing princes, princes Dick and Dom. Don't know how they came up with their character names, but they did. And, um, and then in the second series, they, they thought, they're into the storyline, let's get the, the king, our dad, uh, cast. And so they turned around to us, and with great excitement, as you share the excitement of finding yes. out that Brian Blessed is going to be part of your show, he, uh, we were like, he's going to be arriving soon, he's going to be arriving soon. Oh, my God, this is so exciting. I wonder, wonder if he's going to be the same. And he was. <laughs> so uh, the first thing that happened was he was down uh, being talked to by the producer. And uh, I walked down. Richard was doing another scene. So I, I walked down uh, in this blue robe. And I think I'm going to be nice and professional and introduce myself. So I go, hello, Brian. My name's Dom. Lovely to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. He points at me and goes, who the fuck is that? <laughs> so I go, my, my, <laughs> my name's Dom, I'm, I'm part of Dick and Dom, and, 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 then, and then we uh, introduce him to the rest of the cast and uh, uh, bring him upstairs. And, uh, and I go, um, this, is, this is Rich, and he goes, oh yes, the weak one. 
Uh, so cool. You get this. <laughs> um, and then and then he points at a, a wonderful comedian you know called Steve First, oh, yes. who's a good friend of ours, right, Steve First? And um, he uh, has got no hair here and a, g- a good good size uh, yeah. nose, which he's, he will tell you himself. And he points at um, him, his character name, Steve's character name, was Manitol, the wizard. And he goes, there he is. I can't say something, can I? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking... Beep! <laughs> see Manitol with his no, bald, it doesn't work. So with his bald see. head and his penis nose. <laughs> but the thing with him is, w- w- when you've kind of gone through all that with him, he then just goes onto a, he just veers off onto a completely different story <laughs> about climbing Everest and, and the French and the and French f- shitting on him from above. <laughs> Believe oh me, I know, I know. He's done that one to you. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah. It was Terry Jones? Was Terry Jones? Yeah, well, he, yeah. he wow. actually narrated it, which was amazing. Oh, right. He was, he was yeah. actually a friend of a friend of our production manager, said, and the production manager needed a favour off this friend, and da, da, da. And we got Terry Jones narrating the whole series. Oh, I mean, you know, God bless his soul, what yeah. a comic. Uh, and, but know, it was, it was he, he hadn't actually done anything really since Python yeah. in terms of on screen or, or, or voice. I know he'd written loads of amazing books and loads of great films and stuff, uh, but he had kept himself a low profile. And I don't know how it happened, but our production manager, he could wrangle anything <laughs> from anyone. He was one of those guys, yeah. right? And he suddenly said to us, guys, I've got Terry Jones narrating the show. We were, oh, my God. And we, we never usually do geeking out. Mm. But when we, in one of his voiceover sessions, we said, can we turn up and just meet him and have a photo? Because <laughs> you had to, right? Yeah, Terry Jones. And we did. And we've got the photo hanging up uh, on, on, in our houses. And it's, uh, it was an amazing moment. Yeah, great yeah. guy. Cool. Well, uh, is that is that available? Is, is it all on YouTube? Is it, or yeah, is it, yeah. yeah. Someone now, somewhere yes. did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know we lots can, of those people. We can catch up with that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So you guys seem to quite like each other. It's, it's, yeah. it's gone all right. It's gone all right. It's gone all right. 20, all right. We've been, we've been each other's best men. We're godfathers to each other's children. We go on holiday together. We're going to Glastonbury together. We, <laughs> we, we, we haven't kissed each other, but... Uh, yeah. There's always time. There's always, There's always time. time. <laughs> been building up to it. There's a lot of tension between the two of you. I think we, this might be the time to do that. Is that, is that easy? Have you, have, you, have you ever argued? Have you ever disagreed about uh, stuff? Maybe a bit in the middle where we got, you know, but now we're in our mid-40s. We yeah. don't care anymore. We just, get, we just get on with it. We just... You know, understand each other. We know we're both different, very different. <laughs> um, you know, being in a double act is, is you know, you've been in a double act, I've done it? Yeah, it, yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard work. Very you know? hard work. It's, it's, yeah. it's... <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And um, you know, but but we we. I think the the secret for us has been to understand each other and, and, and to understand each other's differences and to talk, to talk. I think that's the most important thing. So we can tell when so each other is, is a little bit twitchy about a subject and then we now talk about it. And that's the most important thing, yeah. to be completely open. Otherwise, no, nothing gets sorted and it all just goes weird. Yeah. It, but it's, you know, it's difficult, but it, also when doing, you know, being such a... A, being always together and, and being so renowned for doing this, you know, let's call it what it's quite it's quite childish what you do guys i hope that's not i hope that's not insulting i mean i this I, I sort of find with doublets and this is the thing i thought with our double act as well you know you, it goes through maybe a sticky period where you're maybe in your 30s maybe in your 40s where you think but then i think it if you can get out through that bit yes it sort of gets funnier and funnier the yeah. older yes. you get which yeah, is where we're at right because yeah. we, we had a li- little period of that <laughs> yeah. i think it was around uh, about 12 years ago or yeah, something, something like, like that, that. Yeah. and and but both of us were going in going through very difficult personal uh, circumstances and then then you would get annoyed and then then friction would happen like that between yeah. each other because you're getting frustrated about the other things but then like you said we we sailed through that tiny little sticky patch yeah. and then it actually made it even better because you then have a full understanding of each other. And yeah. I think, like, because, you know, say the, the Chuckle Brothers, which, you know, I'm not daring to say you're in the same <laughs> league as those. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're old men. I mean, in Morecambe and Wise as well, they're old men messing around acting like kids. And it becomes, I think, as a, as a viewer, it becomes much funnier again as well. That's Whereas this, yeah. I mean, well, you, you both... You, really... always, you always said that, that yeah. actually we'll probably start to kind of do make it yeah, more once we've kind of, yeah. kind of gone through the kind of middle age period. You yeah. know, you have your kind of rebel kind of don't give a toss period in your 20s. Then you go through the kind of weird 30s, kind of, uh, then actually you look like funny old men. Yeah. 
Yeah. And actually, I think we'll be all right. And you, you're, you're up for that? You think you'll still be going 20, I mean, 20... Well, we don't know how to do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got any other credentials. We didn't, we didn't get any no qualifications. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Just can't do anything. Can't well, it, until one of us carks it, which probably isn't that long, really, is it? The amount of, par- <laughs> the amount of partying we've done over the years. It, well, uh, if one of you dies, if one of you is the Barry Chuckle... Yeah. Uh, we're, <laughs> well, do you think the other will be able to... To carry on alone. I mean, we had Paul on last series, and he's Did doing fa- yeah, he's doing fantastically. He's well, doing good with it? his DJ. Yeah, yeah, with his DJ. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. doing it. Um, I probably wouldn't be. Yeah, I think we close the shop just, door, don't we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> close it. It's not. It's not. Not just dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. It's not, it's what would the act? It. What would the act be? <laughs> Just you always turning to a, a, a space next to you <laughs> yeah. and just not saying anything. I, I mean, think. you could do a sort of Samuel Beckett thing where you keep shouting bogeys and look, and, no, yeah. and then there's no, one, there's no one there to say it, and then you just cry. You cry a little Sam bit. <laughs> In fact, I'm really hoping that that happens. Yeah. That I, really, I really want to see that. But you did. You did. You were going to go to university, right? And then you. Did, but you gave it up to be a runner at, yeah. at CBBC. Yeah, I was so, going to go to Bournemouth, I think, to the yeah. media. Yeah, and then and then got offered a job as a runner at T Boy uh, at Children's BBC, and it went from there, really. Yeah. So yeah. You, you, this was always what you wanted to do. Yeah, since we were both the same age, twelve yeah. years old, used to watch a lot of kids' TV, and went, "Yeah, want to do that as a job." I don't know why we did. Why would you do? You know, but we did. It just look really just look fun. Yeah, just I suppose. Really yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah. And our dreams came true, yeah, eight, five years after that. Doesn't it, wouldn't you wonder what would happen if he had just gone to uni and got a proper yeah, job? just an enormous proper job. Yeah. been all right. Mm. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, it was a big breakfast. You know, watch that. You saw Chris Evans there with his tartan trousers and, and just the energy and the excitement. And it was, you know, when you, like me and Richard say, we both didn't really find school that exciting or interesting or, or beneficial or relevant. And so when you see something like that, you, your brain just gets sucked into it. Then you develop tunnel vision. You just go, right, I'm going to do that. And that is the end of it. Yeah. Um, we are still yeah. lucky, though. I mean, God. There was thousands of people applying each month, wasn't there, mm. for those jobs? Yeah. Mm. Well, we're yeah, lucky. There, there's, there, there's the saying, which is, this business is hard to get into, but even harder to stay in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And so having done 25 years, we're kind of really grateful to still I, be doing it. I think it. especially, because, you know, it's the, a lot of people in children's TV, are, some are there to progress, I think, which in, in my day, when the, those, those children, you were sort of in children's TV for life, and then the generator, so it's Philip Schofield, maybe yeah. was the first person, or, yeah. you know, and Anton Deck, I suppose, yeah. making that move through to... There's been a lot of transition. You yeah. know, Holly Willoughby, yeah. uh, Stephen, Cotton, Mulhern, Stephen Mulhern, Steve yeah. Mulhern, Vernon yeah. Kay, mm-hmm. Test Aidy. They all came from kids' TV and yeah. have all done really well. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, that's right. They went over to ITV. <laughs> <laughs> and you were a magician. You were the young music- magician, not the musician. young magician. <laughs> the young magician of the year yeah. 94, somewhere around there. Something like that, yeah. Um, but you've been... Have you, are you back in the magic circle? You got thrown out? I got thrown circle? out for being a naughty wizard. I was very, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, no, on the bungalow, we had a section of the show where we revealed how to do tricks. Yeah. Nice thing, nice segment for the kids, right? We can learn how to do magic. And the magic circle got very angry with me. And they, they actually said, we, we, we think you are bad. So you must come to the magic circle. And a, literally, this actually yeah. happened. You must come to the magic circle and apologise with your producer to the committee of big bearded wizard men yeah. and apologise. At which point I said, bollocks, I'm not doing it. So, <laughs> so I handed him a notice and just left because I just thought it was so childish because what I was doing was a positive thing, was promoting it and they just wanted to scapegoat me and so just yeah. saved 100 quid a year. <laughs> I mean, I presume it wasn't, big, it wasn't big tricks you were revealing, right? It was stuff that the kids could do. That... Rubbish. Yeah. It's nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, but... Is the magic circle really a circle that you go to? <laughs> when you go in trouble, are they sitting in a big circle above you? Well, that was the impression know, I got when we, when, we, when we had to go and apologise. I did have a vision of a circular room with yeah. wizards all around us and then pointing their wands at us. Uh, but, but um, yeah, no, there, there are circular elements to the building. There's right. a circular staircase. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they, I, feel, I feel very uh, bad that they, they, let you, they let you go out of the magic circle. That is very wrong. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you, you, you were from Devon, right? You were from Exeter. Yeah, so you're Somerset. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, we must have met in some kind of weird club Maybe. somewhere with farmers, <laughs> farmers <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> we might have done. We never, we never, well, I never really Where are you played from sports. in Somerset? Uh, Cheddar. I grew up in Cheddar. Oh, Cheddar. Yeah. Nice. Right on. Yeah. So I'm Exeter. What, you, you actually from Exeter? Yeah. 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 Went to school in Somerset, though. Oh, yeah. Taunton. Oh, nice, yeah. We yeah, played, sent, sent to boarding school. 20 minutes from my actual house. Wow. 
Thanks, Mum and Dad. <laughs> Every now and then, I got to go home for a ex-yat, ex-yat, a weekend. Um, at which point, I would have to walk to Taunton Station on my own, get on the train for 15 minutes, and then walk home to get home. Pick me up from school! It's not a big ask. Well, a lot, you know, all the Tory government basically went to boarding schools and it screwed them up. I don't know if it's... You seem to have come out of it quite cheerful. Maybe that's the way to <laughs> come out of it not trying to destroy the country. Dick and Dom to run the country, i say. <laughs> Do a bloody better job, I can tell you that. <laughs> no, we don't do politics, remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and was that school where Chris, you were at school with Chris Martin, right? Was that the school you were at school Yeah, with I went Martin? to a couple of schools with Chris Martin. Right. Um, and uh, so he did quite well, I think, actually. Yeah. And... Um, uh, and also did A-level music with Matt Bellamy, who's the lead singer for Muse. Oh, yes. So, um, yeah. You, your, I was... mo- your mum still knows Chris Martin's... She's, uh, Chris Martin's Chris Martin's mum, yeah. Yeah, they bump into each other and they have a, a kind of a son-off. Yes. And yeah. I, and <laughs> I'd I, love to hear that conversation. I, I, How's your son? Well, he's just in a multi-billion pound worldwide selling tour. How's your son? Out well, of he's... work. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Bogies. <laughs> <laughs> Can you buy a candle that smells like his wife's vagina? (laughs) Until that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I think someone from my... Was it Muse? Someone from my... Someone Besant was in uh, in a band. I think it might have been Muse. So there might have been a Kings of Wessex boy in in Muse as well. I might be wrong about that. Any nerds know? Chris Besson, I think he was Chris. Chris, Chris. Yeah. There is a Chris in Muse. Right, yeah. Bass guitarist. Yeah, w- Wolfenstein. Uh, I don't really know much about music. Chris. That's why, that's why I wrote... Do uh, you remember when I wrote uh, yeah. Scott Shop? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Chris Martin would hate me. I said, I just, can you get rid of all pop music from the television? Just comedy. And that's what we... Kids like comedy. Kids like men. I've got an idea about just shouting bogeys. I was ahead of my time. Um, <laughs> and you were from Sheffield. Yeah. Any See, other Northerners in? Any got any Northerners? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was Good. born in Yorkshire, so I, I'm, I, can, oh, okay. I can get. I can pretend to be uh, been everywhere with the boat, yeah. whichever one I want. The home of proper fish and chips. <laughs> I don't know why is that. They always say the North is the. home I've of never the heard that the Sheffield is the home of fish and chips. Well, no, it's... Knives and forks, but not fish yeah. and chips. Stain- stainless steel. Yeah, I suppose. Um, cool. I'm going to ask you another emergency question. Oh, yeah. so we're going to go oh, we deep. still haven't answered that one about the, ru- the building. Have you thought yeah, of the building no, no, you want to burn it's down? Coming. It's going to be the end of this episode of yeah. the podcast. Oh, is it? It's going to be a beggy. What, have you yeah. thought of something? <laughs> nope. <laughs> don't, don't make it the Phoenix, because I don't think there's fire escape. So that, oh, that right. gra- I think one's behind this wall, so watch out, watch out for that. Um, if you, Dick and Dom, if you could go into a chrysalis like a caterpillar and emerge... <laughs> As not necessarily together, but it can be together if you want. And emerge, you could be each other if you want. And you could emerge as anything you want. You can be a different person. You, can, you could just have changed into something else. But you can just change in your chrysalis into something else. What would you like to change into? Oh, wow. Yeah. Lovely question. Yeah. So you go in as you. Yeah. Period of time. Yeah. Come out. Voila. Well, I might, I might go for going back on one of your previous episodes, Richard. I'm, I'd like to come out as a, what was it, a, a tit that flings out talcum powder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can yeah, be I that. would be quite a nice life, actually, just being a I mean, that's that basically what you, what you are. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I walked into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got anything? I can't top that, I'm afraid. <laughs> If you could go into a, could you go into Christmas and come out as each other, would you enjoy that? If you could swap over, if you could vice versa. Ooh, for no, I'm not going into that darkness. I'm not, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going into that darkness. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, let's. I'm going to try another one from the uh, from the uh, never asked questions that I've never really looked at again. Oh God. Um, would you prefer to have odorless farts or self cleaning teeth? Oh, hang away. What farts? Odorless farts. Oh, odorless farts. I've, I've got, I've got a quite bad tummy at the moment, and I have to tell you, my farts are definitely not odorless. Don't. If you'd been in the car with me on the journey here, you would, you would know that. So I'm just definitely self-cleaning teeth. It's so boring, isn't it? Cleaning yeah. teeth. Yeah, I love the smell of my farts. Do you? <laughs> I don't like the smell of your farts. <laughs> we travel in I think cars. Everyone a lot. actually secretly goes. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> that's a good, eight that's, out of ten. That that's, one. A, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm with him. Self cleaning yeah. teeth. Do you ever fart and not and, and be disgusted by your own farts? Do you ever get to that? St- mine, mine at the moment are. What? Well, they actually make you gag. Yeah, they make that. Is that's 
Because they usually smell pretty good, and then you do one every now and again, and you just think, no, that was, that's too much. <laughs> Even I don't like that one. We've got a mate, Bob, who, without fail, every fart he does all day long, he records it. So, so he's getting it ready, gets the uh, audio on, and, sit, and WhatsApps at you. Yep, every day. Thanks, Bob. Every fart he does, he records it. Oh, cheers, mate. I did one yesterday at Harry Potter World, and my daughter and my wife smelled it. And they said, oh, it's a terrible smell here. And I said, yeah, we're just by the toilets. I think it's the other toilets aren't very clean. They don't know, and I haven't let on. And unless they listen to this episode, they'll never know. They'll never know it was me. It was me all along. It was that bad it smelled like that, that was a good excuse. Yeah, you know the smell of a sewer? Yeah. <laughs> Not just a single fart. Every shit that every kid has done in Harry Potter today, world today... <laughs> We actually we filmed down a sewer once. Oh, did you? Did, yeah, yeah in, in, oh. literally not far from here. Where was no, it? That's yeah. the square, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the corner, yeah. Yeah, and uh, we went down with Ron. <laughs> of course it was Ron. <laughs> and we went down with Ron and we had to scrape all the fat off yeah. the walls of a sewer. Yeah. Um, don't and, pour and oil you would actually think the smell of a sewer is shit, but it's not. It's just fat. It's right. disgusting mm. down there. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say your farts smell like sewers, yeah. they don't. They, they just don't. smell like farts. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that. I once, I once saw Johnny Vaughan going down a sewer. I've got no more information than that. <laughs> Just saw him in the street. He was dressed up to go down a sewer, and he was going down a sewer. <laughs> they never saw the show. My, was this for a show or was it just they made you Dick and Dom get him to clear some fat off the walls with Ron? <laughs> they deserve it. Um, okay. Dick and Dom, what is the most unlikely thing you've ever seen up a mountain? <laughs> you ever been been up a mount, any mountains? Good mountains recently. You mountaineering type of fellas. I've, I've not gone up many mountains. Oh, I did when I was on a family holiday. My mum had an asthma attack. Is that is that good? Yeah, that's all right. What do you mean? Is it good? I mean, it's an unli- is it unlikely? Oh, did you? Not did... really unlikely, is it? No, so my mum had asthma. It was probably a bad idea to send her up a mountain, wasn't it? <laughs> a bit selfish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you seen anything up a mountain? Well, human, human turds recently, wasn't it, in the news a few months ago? Uh, during COVID, was it COVID, Snowdonia, and people, the toilets were closed because of COVID, so everyone just... Oh, yeah. I don't know what you're mountain. talking about. Oh, did you never read that article? No, what's the weirdest thing you've seen up a mountain? <laughs> no, I haven't, hold on, I haven't said I wasn't walking up Snowdonia as well. I might have been there. Did you see shit on a mountain? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to show off to impress you. He's trying to impress I've him. seen turds on a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> so you guys have done quite... I'm quite obsessed with quiz shows. Mm. So you've done quite a few of the quiz shows. Yeah, we, the, the Weakest Link was the most recent. Uh, that was repeated the other night, wasn't it, actually? I voted him off, which went down well. Um. <laughs> mm, yeah, so we, 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 we generally stay away from panel shows. Yeah. They scare us a bit. I once went on Would I Lie to You, and it was, was the worst experience that. I ever yeah. had. Really? Was, because yeah, you, you've got to be funny, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> you upset because he didn't take you on? Is that whether is that they didn't? <laughs> so I was I was on the show with was Angus Dayton was uh, oh, hosting the, it right back really early first series. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what I was walking into. There was Paddy McGuinness, Dave Mitchell. There was Lee Mack. Uh, there was there was just a whole host of really funny comedians. Yeah. And I went there on there, and you're just looking around you the whole time. <laughs> and someone says, "Tom, what do you think of that?" You go, "Oh God, <laughs> funny! Say something funny! Say something funny!" And you yeah. say something that's not funny, and you go, "Oh, it's going to be cut out. This is awful." Anyway, it just went really badly. Luckily, they edited it in my favour. It wasn't too bad. But then when I walked out, and I literally, when you walked out as well, you had to walk out amongst the audience who were walking out as well. And no one spoke to me as if I was dog shit on their shoe. It was awful. And Angus Deaton said to me, thanks for coming on the show. Did you enjoy that? And I looked at him and she went, not really. Because <laughs> it was awful. But we yeah, do so we, quiz shows. Quiz shows yeah, are okay. Quiz shows we've done. Weaksling, Pointless. Uh, what else have we done? Um... Eamon Holmes's brain game. <laughs> Remember that one? That was a star spell. Star, oh, yeah, star spell. spell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Classics like that. But we also hosted our own quiz yes. show, which was dog shit. It was, it, it was... Oh, that's the family. 
Ask the family. I found Dick a load of VHSs Dick, of that. Dick and fucking my... Dom's Ask the Family. <laughs> In my loft. Uh, yeah, no, I actually so, did send them to the For tip. those of you who don't know, we, during the bungalow, which was successful, uh, we then got pitched by the BBC to bring back, which is always a big problem when someone says, let's bring back, right? Um, a show that was hosted many years ago by... Robert Robinson. Robert Robinson. Mm. Robert Robinson, called yeah. Ask the Family. A national treasure, the show was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That ran for, for years and years and years. Um, and we thought that it would be a good idea to do that. And it was going to be put out tea time, like seven o'clock every day from Monday to Friday. So we thought, let's do this. But we brought it back and punked it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, punked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we punked it and, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was just rubbish. We just did a really bad job of it. Because we tried to make it like the bungalow, but for the wrong audience. So yeah. Tea time, BBC Two, seven o'clock. Oh, they got, didn't want what we were doing. It got slated in the press, didn't they? Yeah, it got <laughs> slated, but it was, being, it was being transmitted as we were recording it and getting slated as we were recording oh, it. Oh, like, I just remembered something else. Yeah, so then I, we went on LBC or something, didn't we? James O'Brien, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I slated it. I said, oh, it's a t- it wasn't produced right no, you said, your exact words were, he said, do you feel some kind of responsibility for destroying this national show? You went, not our fault, it's the BBC's fault. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, Alan Yentov was on the phone. He was like the head of BBC at the time going, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> no. I had to write an apology letter to him, two-page letter. I'm so sorry, Mr. Yentov. We had, I wasn't to, talking about... we had to literally hand-deliver... A letter of apology to, to Alan Yentob. <laughs> and then we never worked for the BBC again. Does he sit in a big circle as well? Is he, is he just anyone? Well, she BBC TV Centre. It's a kind of circle, and he? he was sitting up the top. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bring it up. It was. Bring it up the stairs. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, those those flats go for a lot of money up in... Uh, Two BBC million? Oh, flat. I saw three million. Considering the things that have happened in those rooms, it's <laughs> amazing that amazing anyone would... You'd think they'd be free, right? Bulldozer. <laughs> Actually, Blessed told us that story as well, didn't he? He said, I'm not waiting at the reception desk for, the, uh, for them to tell me where I'm going. Just get in the lift, go up, walk into the sixth floor and go, Yentop! <laughs> Give me a show! <laughs> Maybe that was the way we should have done it. Maybe it was. Um, and so, what's co- apart from the tour, is it, what, what's, what's your, what do you see coming in the future? What do we do? So, what do we do? So, mainly now, it's really exciting... They always say that, that it's got a tossy thing to say, but they, to, to stay in the business, you've got to keep reinventing yourself and doing new things. Um, uh, otherwise, you become known for just doing one thing. So uh, we always DJed for years when we lived together on vinyl in our, in our house, had massive house parties. They were such good fun. Um, and we used to have a checklist by the door, didn't they? When people used to come around to our house, we'd put their name, get them absolutely smashed, and then tick their name off the list when they couldn't walk. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Anyone anyway, for a party we... at Dick and Noms later? <laughs> <laughs> So we used to DJ a lot then, and we, 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 we've always done it. And then suddenly we, we thought, let's just get into DJing in, in clubs and stuff. So, but for the kids that watched us when they were kids that are now clubbers. Yeah. And so that's what we do. So we play drum and bass and hard house and stuff in, in clubs all over the country, all of festivals everywhere. And we just did one a couple of days ago, and the place goes absolutely nuts. So yeah, reinvention, reinvention. But of course, we will always be remembered for just one thing. <laughs> But it's better Try than, our hardest. It's better than being remembered for no things. Mm. Right? Actually, we, <laughs> well, that's true. We, we were told once by one of the bosses of the BBC, you are actually a victim of your own success. The I bungalow that, and bogeys, you know, that, that yeah. you will never, never let it go. But I think it's, you know, it's, it, it's good to embrace it. I think, like, people who, get, people who get up, you know, annoyed about people liking them. So if people are still... I know it's, you know, I, people still say moon on a stick to me, and I didn't even want a moon on a stick. It was stupid. <laughs> Not all the time, but you know, it's it's it means that people like they, you. They like you, you know, and it's better so than the opposite. It's, it's the yeah. little tax you have to pay for being yeah, yeah. liked is people shouting yeah. the thing. Can Which, you... admittedly, if you've just had an argument with your wife, and uh... and that's exactly <laughs> when it happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're being a normal human, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, can you imagine like someone like Richard Wilson? How many times <laughs> he goes? Could I? I'd like a pint of brandy, please. And they go, I don't believe it. Yeah. Just it must be awful. You get it everywhere you go. Must be, but if I see him, I'm definitely doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, you've got, you've always got to, no matter what's going on behind the scenes, you've got to acknowledge them, say hello, yeah, and wave. You thought of anything nice. that house that's going to burn down yet? It's coming. You wait. <laughs> it's all you down wait. to you. It's a freaking giant of a punchline, I tell you. And what's your secret, guys? Because you both, I mean, you're both in your mid forties, mm. and yeah. you both look still. You know, I mean, if you turned up on kids' TV and said you were 20, people would be scared. But you both look... 
you both look still very, very young. Is that what? How have you managed to keep this youthful? Uh, oh, oh, exercise, yeah. exercise. Yeah. A bit of running. We just, we just do, do a lot of running. It's true. And, Actually, we and, do just and drink. Less than we used to. <laughs> not much less, a little. No, not much less. Um, less but yeah, running, actually, we realised just two half an hour runs a week. I know it's all, it's boring, but uh, it's, it's so true. Dull. You can eat what you want and drink what you want, and it kind of just keeps it off. It really isn't as fun, but it's kind yeah. of beneficial. And you do quite, you've both done charity runs, and you've done, have, yeah. you, you've, have you trekked the Great Wall of China? Yeah, yeah, Great Wall of China, cycled from London to Paris, done the London Marathon. I oh, know, crazy. Yeah. What, 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 which, how did you choose your charities? Was there? A I lost my mum uh, to dementia at a very right. young age. She was like, that was during the bungalow, actually. So you right. can imagine it was a, a chaotic time, and oh, that was man. happening as well in my personal life. Yeah. Uh, uh, so now I do lo- loads of charity funding for um, uh, Alzheimer's Research UK, Alzheimer's Society. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Oh, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's a fantastic charity. Well done for that, guys. Well, look. Um, I, you know, I'm just going to. Are you going to ask him about the house? Yeah. Which house? Which house do you want to go Come on, come on, well, it's it doesn't have to be a house, does it's it? Gonna, no, it's a, building, building, a building. A building. A building. It's going to be the final thing before this episode. You've definitely you've got something. I've got it. Oh, I've got, got something ready to go. Okay, I hope well, it's well, funny. Well, wait, it's well, wait. Yes. It's a building. Okay. You don't want to. <laughs> you got? Have you got four Baftas? Yeah, yeah. Four. each. Yeah, but they're four they're pretend Baftas. ones. They they're children's Baftas. So they're like that. They're that big. They made out of chocolate. Where do you keep yours? Have you got yours? Chocolate teapot. Hey, have you got yours on display? Yeah, I've actually put them up on the yeah on the, on the shelf. Have you? Mm. Mine are in my uh, hoodie cupboard. <laughs> What's a hoodie cupboard? It's a cupboard with my hoodies. In. Anyone else got a hoodie cupboard? <laughs> you actually got a cupboard that just has hoodies in it. Has anyone got a jumper cupboard? No, well, raise of hand for a jumper cupboard. No. Oh my god. <laughs> no one's got a jumper well, cupboard. Where well, do you put your? Welcome jumpers? to the darkness. I was talking about. Wait, where do you put your jump? Where do you put your jumpers? Just draw. In a drawer. Oh. Yeah, draw. In a drawer. Yeah. Well, why am I weird for another cupboard? Because well, you've actually got a cupboard. You said a jumper. What cupboard. makes a hoodie you... cupboard? Not even a jumper, a hoodie cupboard. But what makes you not weird for putting a hoodie in something that slides into something, and then weird for putting a hoodie just in a cupboard? Well, because you named it. A hoodie cupboard. <laughs> are you not? Are you not? Can't you hear yourself? <laughs> okay, I keep my hoodies in the BAFTA cupboard. <laughs> Good. And Dick, you haven't, you haven't fallen asleep. I understand you fall asleep quite easily. I used to. I don't yeah. as much anymore, Not do I? Asleep. No, now you don't drink as much. I used to have to have the siesta two o'clocking thing or I couldn't right. operate after that. Wow. Just fall asleep in, on car journeys, on, on set, anywhere, yeah. I'm the master at power naps. 20 I mean, minutes. That's with him around, is that not a... I mean, I oh, yeah, well, I don't know dangerous. whether you've seen on social media, there was a period we went through where he'd find it hilarious to wake me up in all sorts <laughs> give, of... Give you a mind. He used to get, like, a spoonful of wasabi sauce and stick it in his mouth whilst he's asleep. <laughs> but it's, it, the funniest part about it was actually the noises that I make. If someone wakes you up, you make these really strange noises, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I can't um, even recreate it. Unlike any other time. Well, it was, it was like... It was literally fear... Was yeah, the noise fear. that you were making? Because what I'd do is like we'd be in the back of a car and I'd fill up a glass with water and just throw it in his face. <laughs> and so he'd wake up with ice cold water in his face, make this noise that would come. It's kind of <laughs> probably probably basically the sound you make when you're just about to die. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't do it as much anymore. No. Falling asleep. No. Yeah. So he's a good boy. And uh, Don predicted you would need to go to the toilet during the. Yes. It's holding strong at the moment. Well, that's good. Yeah. We've nearly. I did finished, go four so times before we started, but uh, <laughs> it's holding. It's holding. A small bladder. How's that on the a weakest? Tour? How's that on a tour show? That you can you can you? Does it? Yeah, there's something Doctor about to not. That's what happens to me. I can go on stage and think I really need a piss, and then an hour will pass. And yeah, then I'm all right. no. <laughs> you realise you pissed yourself. I'm, pissed, pissed, pissed. <laughs> I'm, four, I'm 54. It's allowed. <laughs> Why don't I need a piss anymore? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's in my trousers. <laughs> Well, that used to be my party trick, yeah. didn't it? Anyway, no, we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Edit. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's doing all right. But you're right. As soon as you know something clicks in your brain, you, as soon as you're out here, no, you yeah. forget about it. But as soon as I'm off, I'll be, I'll be okay. in there. We'll let you get to the toilet before yes. this audience. Right, I'll just ask you if you've got a building you want to burn down. Uh, it'll be the last thing that's said. Well, when this is going to be, this oh, gonna be the last stop, thing. You're really, <laughs> you are really big in this. Huh? <laughs> This is the last thing. Do you remember what I said about those panel shows being funny? This has got to be... Oh, don't worry about it. It's going to be great. Okay, well, this is the time. You're ending one of the, the, like, the best yeah. podcasts out there, one of yeah, the funniest podcasts out there. I know. With one this word. Is, so, this is your moment. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> the building that I would you like to... You dare! If you do what I think you're going to do... <laughs> that I would like to burn down is... Uh, 
Nice. Well done, fellas. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Second up. You have been listening to Raw Hollister with me, Richard Herring, and my guests, Dick and Dom. Thank you to Scamp Regards for providing this music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, for all his hard work behind the scenes, and to George, the incompetent sound guy, who was incompetent in his incompetence this week and did a very good job. I would also like to thank everyone at the Phoenix for having us at there, and thank you to everyone who came to see this show. It was very exciting. We did Twitch of Fun afterwards. Should have been there. Come and see us on July the 11th if you want to see another one. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and Go Fuzz a Stripe.com production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Thanks for listening. Go to GoFasterStripe.com for all your download needs. Thank you to Chris Evans, as always. Not that one, uh, for the spectacular work he does on all of these podcasts. Uh, RichardHerring.com for all your gigs needs as well. Thanks for listening. Listen to another one. Go on, I dare you.